I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Uh, hey, hey, John. Hey, Stock. Oh, hey. How are you doing, man? <laughs> doing good. Glad to have you on the pod. It's always fun to chat with you and just hear how things are going for you. Yeah, likewise. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I always love to catch up with you, man. It's great. So <clears throat> tell me a little bit about, um, I, th- I think what it's called, is it Lighthouse? Is that what it's called that you're kind of working for, doing consulting for? Is that right? Is Quiet that right Light. Quiet, Quiet Light? Quiet Light. Yeah. Okay. Light, yeah, not Lighthouse. No, Lighthouse is a, would be a solid name too, I suppose. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but what it sounds like what you do is you're basically like meeting with founders that are thinking about selling their business and then you're kind of maybe walking through that process a little bit, advising them a little bit, and then like kind of helping them through that process of kind of trying to sell their business. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. I mean, think of it like online real estate, right? So we do everything from advising and helping people prepare for the sale um, to uh, getting it listed on our marketplace. And there's, you know, been over 15 years of business and thousands of people who have, you know, joined that list and are interested in buying businesses as investors. And then, yeah, we get them ready for that. We put them together in this packet um, and people check it out. We try to get those under offer and uh, get them closed. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to online real estate. We're just selling, you know, businesses, online businesses instead of um, property. Okay. So, I mean, you don't necessarily like, you don't, I don't think do like the legal stuff. Cause I don't think that's your background, but like if I'm, if I'm a, a founder and I'm wanting to sell, we get on a call and like, what do you tell me? Like right, let's, you, what let's advice do right are you going to give me? <laughs> let's, let's do it right now. Let's do a, a quick, like 15 minute, like, uh, you know, okay, po- yeah. potion one. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm thinking about know. selling potion. <laughs> You're thinking about sound potion. You've heard you heard it here first, guys. This is it. Um, well, no, right, that so, that wasn't real, real. But uh. no, I know, I know. I was just I was okay. just joking. I was just okay. totally joking. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So you're thinking about sound potion. That's awesome. That's great. I'd love to chat with you about that. So tell me about a little bit about where the business is at today in terms of customers, in terms of the revenue, and all of that. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm. I'm in like a little bit of a dry spell, I feel like, which in some ways, that's why I feel like probably right now wouldn't be the best time to sell because the growth has kind of plateaued a little bit. And so I'm like working through some problems with that um, and like trying to solve for different issues. I just went through my um, scraping bee. I do this like survey whenever someone cancels where they like fill out this like scraping bee um, thing and some people leave feedback. And so I just went through like the last couple of months of that. And the, so there's a couple of things. Um, the, I think around like 20% of people replied that they were having some technical issues. So there's definitely some technical things that I can make better. Um, and then there was around 15% that said that they went to another, they switched to a competitor. So I'm definitely like in a, 
in a, in a market where there's a, there's a couple different competitors now. There's been a couple that have joined since I started Potion as well, and they seem to be doing okay. So yeah, it's it's getting competitive. So that that makes it a little bit hard. Um, so yeah, there's there's just. Well, I guess the other thing with that, that it probably skews those results a little bit is these are also answers from people that are trialing that actually never ended up paying. So I'm, I'm, my guess is a lot of the trialing people are the ones that are like, you know, they're looking at multiple competitors, then they'll eventually go with possibly a competitor there. Um, so it's hopefully not my, you know, not my actual customers that are canceling and switching to competitors. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm, Revenue-wise, um, just over four thousand dollars MRR a month, and that's where I've been for a little bit now. Um, yeah, how, how's that as a as a start? That's great. So it sounds like you got you might have some potential churn issues too. Yeah, there's yeah there's some churn issues. I haven't looked at what the numbers are in a little bit. I I've for the last month or two just because it, I haven't had the time to specifically like try to work towards a couple of these things. <clears throat> I just haven't looked at my, some of my metrics because I'm like, that's just gonna make me <laughs> not happy. Um, so I've been avoiding the metrics because the last month or two, um, I've been doing some infrastructure stuff that's been just, it just takes longer than you expect it to, but it's really some things I need to do. Um, and hopefully later down the road, like once I actually do fix some of these infrastructure things, it will go towards making the product better, making more stable, and hopefully will help some of those numbers, I guess. But in the moment, it doesn't feel like I'm making like huge movements, um, forward. And so then it's just like, why, why look at these numbers right now? Um, so yeah, I've been, I haven't looked at them for a little bit. Do you have a sense for where that would potentially be, like the the churn where it was in a couple months? Yeah, ago I think it it's around probably like ten to twelve percent churn, something around there. Okay, so double digits, yeah. And then, how many of your customers are on annual versus uh, you know monthly plans, or do you offer that? So I just started offering annual plans um, like two months ago. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't have that for a while, um, but I am starting to have some people taking that taking that up um, and the 20% discount that comes with it. So starting to get more people on that. So that's cool. Yeah, that's good for cash flow for sure. What about um, the, the number of customers? How's, I mean, is that hundreds at this point? Yeah, I have 345-ish, 350-ish customers. Okay. Do you notice any sort of like segmentation there with, you know, certain industries or certain, you know, types of customer types? Um, yeah, so there's definitely a couple of different customer types. Um, there's kind of like software businesses that are using Potion for some kind of like either docs, kind of help docs, um, kind of like wiki kind of pages, or they'll use it for kind of like their, their, um, team kind of bios page slash like hiring page. Um, so those are kind of the use cases for them. So, and, and I do find when I do get those kind of customers, they do stick around longer um, and, and they don't really have to change their website much. They kind of just set it up once and then kind of forget it. Um, and then the other customer is really just like solo entrepreneurs with either like portfolio websites that are showing off like, what they can do, um, sharing off, uh, showing off some of their projects, um, 
or it's it's solo entrepreneurs that are maybe trying to sell like a, a digital product um, and it's kind of like a little landing page kind of thing for them. <clears throat> um, and then I guess the last court category category is like some blogs. Um, but those are kind of my three, four different kind of segments, um, but really kind of two different kind of customers that kind of come in the door um, with that. Yeah, no, it sounds like most of the customers that come in might have some connection to you, though. Like there, there's, you know, maybe some of it from Build in Public, or do you feel like you get customers from other channels, too? Yeah, so I get customers um, from Google SEO is now kind of my highest channel. Um, it used to be more on Twitter and Build in Public kind of stuff. I haven't been sharing as much the last couple months just because, um, like I was talking about with like, work on infrastructure stuff like that just doesn't feel like there's been much for me to talk about and share um i need to get better at that though because that was definitely especially in the early days like that's where pretty much the large majority of my customer customers came from um and so twitter used to be like my first um refer um now google is because um, twitter's dropped a little bit <clears throat> but yeah so it's it's mostly people searching for things finding it um on google and uh, so, yeah. Nice. It seems like you got a nice uh, business there and it's doing well overall, but it's a little, you know, plateaued. Mm -hmm. um, you know, have you ever considered taking it to the market or have you thought about selling or is that not even in your mind? Um, not really. I mean, the only thing that makes me think about potentially is because I have maybe some op other opportunities that are coming in the door that could take more of my time um and so then like i, I do want to keep potion i really like working on it i think there's a lot i can do to make the business better um and kind of push it forward but if i have another opportunity that's better then i would maybe consider it i did have like a person or two like email me that was asking if i was selling or not and so that just made me at least come up in my mind but other than that i haven't really been thinking about it much but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I do know for sure though that like this isn't gonna be like my forever business. Like I'll probably, you know, if I don't sell it soon, like I'd probably sell it in the next year or two. Like it's only gonna probably be a couple year business just because I, I think that's probably what makes sense with this kind of business where um you know there there is potentially more risk with it being built on top of Notion and things like that. And so I yeah, I don't think it's it's probably makes sense for it to be like a long, long term kind of business. But <clears throat> interesting. So you think yeah. that like a sale would be in the potential two or three year plan? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Huh. That's cool. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so those are the types of questions, we, you know, we usually get into as well as like growth questions, like what, how would you grow the business? You know, what are some of the risks associated? And, you know, I'm familiar with some of those with it being in a platform, you know, dependent space because I know you mm -hmm. and I know your business. But those are the types of questions and trying to uncover where are the, you know, kind of the, the SWOT analysis of the business, if you will. Yeah. And from an investor lens, then like what an investor is going to like, what they're going to dislike, how we would position it on market, what would be the potential valuation of the business which if I had to ballpark it right off the top of my head today, like looking at your business and everything I know about it, I'd probably put it at about like maybe a 3.2 to 3.4 X of your uh, discretionary earnings, which is probably going to be very similar to your MRR, honestly, because you don't really have 
uh, a lot mm-hmm. of big expenses, mm-hmm. I don't think. So you, you do the, the multiple based on like their, their profits, like their take home kind of? Yeah, typically, unless it's either a really high growth business or a really early business with like pre-revenue and there's like, you know, just all this kind of green open field. Or if it's like over a million dollars in ARR, um, then you can mm-hmm. start to look at doing revenue multipliers. And like the thinking behind that is for an investor to invest in revenue, it's got to be growing or it's got to have enough like mass that it's it makes sense for them to make that investment. Um because they'll make it back faster. But for smaller ones, kind of in this, uh, this zone of you know, a few hundred thousand to a million in the actual sale price, most of those are gonna be based off of SDE, which is seller's discretionary earnings. Mm-hmm. And um, all that is is basically net profit plus your ad backs, which would be like your salary, any other you know, one-time expenses, um, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So then are you, you're kind of like playing the, uh, the, uh, I don't know, like the trying to set people up like date picker kind of role where you're, you're trying to match, you know, a, a seller and a buyer and, uh, try to get them both to be happy. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's honestly less than that because uh, you think about something like micro acquire where there's the marketplace and, uh, you know, we share probably all the same investors on that marketplace on our list. The difference is, is, you know, for us, we, we advocate for the seller. So we advocate for you and we say, we're going to actually try to do our best to run the process with hopefully multiple buyers who are interested and have those offers compete against each other to increase the sale price, as well as to make sure that deal actually closes like you'd be surprised at how many deals don't close because of any number of reasons. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that's our job is to make sure everything goes smoothly and, uh, yeah, just advocate for the seller, you know, make sure they don't get taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. That's, that's a helpful service. So you, you got into this basically because you sold your business and you kind of went through this process and I'm guessing that you, you had, you know, through that experience, learn some things where you're like, okay, I could, I could help some other, other entrepreneurs with this and kind of help them do the same thing. Yeah. So I got brought in from, uh, through a friend of, of the, of the founder of one of the co-founders of quiet light. And, um, so he, he attracted, uh, he was attractive to me. Like the business was attractive to me because they, uh, they run it differently than some of the other companies that I've looked at potentially joining on with and, and that they, uh, we're consultants, we're, you know, we're not employees. And so we can kind of have our own book of business, if you will. And mm-hmm. it's not like they're telling you what to do and how you have to do everything. It's kind of up to you to run that process and they give you support and leads and things that have worked along the way. And I just love the culture there. It's like all the people I've met there are fantastic. Every single one of them is, um, has either, uh, run a business or sold a business or, you know, like they've all done it. And so I love that about the team. They're all super smart and, uh, just really cool people. So I, yeah, I did get brought in though, because of my experience with zoom shift, I didn't use a, a broker for mine. Um, and in hindsight, like it probably would have been super helpful and made that process a lot less stressful. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so that's kind of how I got brought into it. Yeah. How much, 
like does a broker take like how much is the like the charge for their service of helping with this process yeah so that's a good question it's about 10 percent, and so what they hope to do what all brokers hope to do is to make sure that through the process we at least cover at least cover our fee uh in in Mm -hmm. you know pushing the offers and stuff um yeah so it's definitely like uh a partnership kind of scenario where it's like they only get paid we only get paid if you get paid um Mm -hmm. there are no like upfront fees or any sort of things like that so we have to look at each opportunity and say do we think we can sell this business uh, if not, like we probably don't want to even engage, you know? So if like you were like, ah, it's been declining a bunch, our turns really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, X, Y, Z, like all these kind of things, I'd be like, you know what? Like maybe you're better off just selling on micro acquire. Maybe you're better off doing it on your own because I don't know if I can sell your business or I've, I, I don't think I can get the outcome where we both win. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a nice place for us to be at least in that we can say no. And it's, uh, you know, we're not we're not like based like it's not just you know strict rules from up top saying you have to hit these numbers or anything like that it's like do you think you can help these people out and um are you going to do the best for them and and think you actually have a a good chance of closing then go for it you know so yeah that makes sense no that's that's cool um like how many hours are you spending a week on this uh right now Right now, it's kind of my full-time gig, uh, full-time-ish gig. I have some side hustles that I'm working on, but um, yeah, it's it's probably like 30, 30 to forty hours a week that I spend either interacting in meetings or doing, uh, you know, P and L reports or building these marketing packets. And so, yeah, it's probably like a full-time gig-ish. You know, uh, I have yeah. a little bit of time for side hustles, but uh, not too much. So no, uh, no, that's cool. Yeah, man. Sweet. Well, that that's uh, yeah, good to hear uh, what you've been up to with that. And I'm sure. I mean, it's it's kind of a cool position where you're seeing the market overall, like as a whole. You're probably like learning a lot of just like what's going on in like either the SaaS world or the tech world. What kind of businesses people are doing that's doing well or not. Yep. Um, so I'm sure that could be helpful just to. Yeah, just help you with what else, whatever else you're doing with your side gigs and stuff to think through that, like kind of get an inside look. So that's that could be helpful. Definitely. I mean, and you get a peek behind the curtain, which is cool. You obviously would never use that. We have NDAs and, you know, mm. confidentiality and all that stuff. So we would never, ever like uh, compete with a, a potential client yeah. or anything like that. But you get a chance to see how people do things operationally. You get a chance to see how they think, what their mindset is. You get a chance to see how they, um, yeah. Like I talked to a guy today and he's doing, I think he's doing four to 5 million in revenue, top line revenue with his e-commerce business. And it was awesome just talking with them about the process of sourcing the product, understanding how he thinks about uh, the business and, and the niche he's in. And um, that, you know, I could carry forward with, and if I wanted to do D to C, right? Like I can use that information to, uh, you know, whatever. And they also have really good contacts built up over the years. And so like having relationships with those people, like, Hey, you worked with somebody in China. Like, do you have, uh, you know, a sourcing agent that we could use as well? And, uh, usually you have a good relationship with people to do that. So you're right. Like it is a great, it's a great position to be in. Um, and from, from, you know, from that point of view, you get to learn a ton about business. I feel like it's, it's kind of like an MBA, honestly, because I, I just get a chance to 
learn so much about different business, um, you know, mm-hmm. types, models, what, you know, how people are doing things. And so yeah. it's just a great learning experience. Yeah, for sure. Does it make you kind of, um, I don't know, when you're seeing all these different businesses and seeing talking to entrepreneurs, does it make you kind of like want to be in that game more so? Like it kind of oh, like yeah. draws you in like, oh, that looks like fun or oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, stuff all like that. All the time. Yeah. Like the for the first few businesses, uh, I was telling my wife this, I was like, she's like, I was like, oh man, I kind of want to buy this business. <laughs> and that's kind of like a, <laughs> that's not something that, you know, Quiet Light is supposed to be doing. Like as, you know, advisors, that's not really what we do, right? We're not there to buy those businesses. But I'm like, man, I want to buy this business. And my wife's like, John, you're going to, you're going to want to buy every business you see because you just love the game. <laughs> you know, like you love playing that uh-huh. game. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm over that now, but I do still have the itch to, um, yeah, be building and, uh, doing, doing business. And so I'm actually buying a small, I'm buying a small one. Uh, I actually found it on microcar. I'm buying a small one now and it's a small, uh, software business. It's not even SaaS. It's a small software business. And then I'm also doing like a small side hustle with my daughter, my 10 year old daughter. Oh, wow. And so, That's cool. Yeah, so we decided to get a puppy, which is just a terrible idea. Um, but yeah, we're getting a puppy, and we were talking about, you know, well, what could we do to, you know, help support this? Like, we, this is a big cost to us, our family, you know. And my daughter and I were talking about um, e-commerce and starting a business together. And so, yeah, we're gonna do a little side hustle of, um, you know, pet supplies, which are super competitive, but we're gonna probably niche down to just puppies and maybe even some Moyed puppies, because that's the kind of puppy we're getting. Mm. And um, just as a process for us to spend time together, uh, learn the learn business uh, together, like share all those things that, you know, hopefully, well, she'll carry forward with her, you know, learn about cost of goods, learn about sourcing materials, learn about like hiring people and building a website and all this stuff. And, you know, she's 10. And so I hope that over the next couple of years, she just has a good foundation of what business is and if she even wants to do it. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, that's a good way to teach and help your daughter learn. Was she did she kind of come to you with this or was this your, your idea to, to do this little business? Uh, yeah, so I brought it up because I talked to somebody else who had done it with their their son, and I thought, man, that's such a good idea. And I just I floated the idea out there. I just said, you know, we, we, what if we did a business, you know, that was for you know dogs or puppy stuff, and uh, we sold some things, and you know, you use that money for whatever. Like you could use that to maybe take horse riding lessons or whatever. And that and she got so pumped, she was like she brought down this notebook and had, you know, dad and June's (laughs) business together. You know, she like, she comes down here every day now for meetings and, um, you know, what's going on with the business? Uh, did you talk to the supplier? What did they say? When are we getting the samples? (laughs) And so she's like grilling me every day. And then, you know, even when I put her to bed at night now, she's like, are you going to work on the business? Can you, are you going to, and you got a, a boss now. She's yeah. She's like <laughs> telling me what to do. Basically, she's like, "Did you contact that person?" And I'm like, "Ah, yeah. I haven't talked. I had to work today, so like, I'll you know, I'll do that." But there's nothing more motivating, honestly, than to see your at least for me to see my kid like show interest in something, and for me to know that I can be a part of that with them, and that like it's something that I like too is even better, right? It's like the dad who's like. I was amazing at baseball and now my boy loves baseball, right? Like that's 
that's such an amazing feeling to be able to share that together. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not good at those things. I'm not good at sports, but like business is something fun that we can do. And like, I, I love it. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I don't even really care if we lose money on it at this point. I just look at this as invaluable to, um, learn the process with her. I don't know a lot about e-com learn the process with her, uh, which will hopefully equip me to be better at my job talking to e-commerce owners, uh, spend time with her and for her to learn uh, business. Mm-hmm. Like the, I, so it's kind of like wins in all those categories. If we make a little money or don't lose money, great. Like that's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. I think that's a great way to teach and uh, yeah, help your kids learn. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to when I can do that with my kids, like, you know, to teach them to like program or yeah, business in some way. <clears throat> like my first, my dad helped us do our first business in high school. We had like a lawn mowing business. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was like a physical thing, um, but we had up to like 20 yards that we were doing a week and we had like a big school and a church that we were mowing and we really? had like the, we had like the, you know, the trailer and the, the big uh, riding mowers and it, it was a real, it was the real deal. That's awesome. Um, but, but yeah, that was that was fun, and it was you know, I think like a good way to learn um, and just l- learn how to work hard, really, uh, with with that kind of being a more physical kind of business. But yeah, I hope to do some similar kind of things with my kids. Um, I think it's a, he, yeah, like you said, it's a good way to teach. Does he still do that? Does he still do landscaping, or was this just something he built for you, kind of like with you? Yeah, so he didn't do landscaping at all himself. He. So I have three brothers, and uh, yeah, he he helped my two older brothers start the business, and then eventually they once they went to college, they passed it on to me and my younger brother, Um, and it was yeah, it was kind of um, a business that he just kind of helped us get going, and then we basically did everything um, for it. So like we talked to the customers and found new customers and stuff like that. So. Dude, that's awesome. I can see like young Noah just like hustling out there. Just slaving away, sweating away. Yeah, we would we would run from uh, door to door putting like our lawnmower cards on everyone's doors and stuff. <laughs> Dude, there's always the fallback. The, the, honestly, that is the hardest thing for uh, for me to find. I don't know if you have this problem where you are, but like it's just to find good like resources on like blue collar stuff. Honestly, like mm-hmm. finding people mm-hmm. who are just dependable, um, you know, willing to to like show up or call you back and yeah. uh so i i really think that like people could crush it in that world if they if they wanted to it's a oh lot less for sure I, than software um i've heard that there's like a really big kind of shortage in like the trades kind of jobs and oh yeah because you know new kids growing up right now like they're not like oh i want to go do some physical stuff labor <laughs> stuff and um but you can make like really good money doing those businesses, especially if you kind of build it out to be bigger than yourself and you have like a team and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think there's kind of a shortage because people want to do cool tech jobs. Totally. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's the premise behind uh, what Nick Huber from the Sweaty Startup he talks a lot about. But yeah. it's like these, they're not sexy, but it's just businesses that can be really, um, really good cash flow. Like. I talked to somebody yesterday about some landscaping in our, our backyard and they're like, yeah, we're booked out like nine weeks. I'm like, do you know anybody else? They're like, yeah, they're all booked out like nine weeks. And -hmm. you're like, are you serious? Like you can't, there's nobody who can help me just like get some mulch back here. Like that's insane to me. Um, Mm -hmm. 
but it's it's the case where they only work with people they've worked with before so they're not taking on you know new people like me um, they have their set crew they they're not looking to expand and so it, there is a shortage for sure i feel it i've I, you know spent a lot of time calling places like being like hey will you do this job for me will you do this job for me and I almost always have to do it myself because it's like I can't find anybody or within a reasonable mm-hmm. time frame. So, yeah, it's for sure a thing. Yeah. Um, dude, so you said something I want to talk about, which is, okay. um, and you alluded to this before, you, you said something <laughs> around the, the idea of like, well, if something else better comes along, maybe maybe I do sell Potion. And you said you tweeted this kind of cryptic thing, which was, when was the last time you made a decision that felt like you were changing your life trajectory? How long ago was this? So what was the, what's the story behind this tweet? What's, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was probably being a little bit dramatic. Um, but no, I was, I was thinking through some of these things. Like, I just think it's interesting to come to like a crossroads where it's like you have a decision in front of you and you don't know really where it's going to lead. Um, and I feel like that's, and a lot of times I feel like that's how a lot of decisions you know, paths are made where it's like you, you kind of just start making little decisions toward a direction and you have no idea that it's that's what kind of puts you on the path to go towards something completely different. You know, you're just kind of pulling at the pulling at the thread and just kind of seeing where it goes. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, basically the what was behind that um, tweet was I've been, you know, I've been doing my my Web3 project City Clash, which is a, an NFT project. And you know when it started out, it was like, okay, this is just like a little fun thing. This is a little, <laughs> this is a little side thing, um, and I don't know, just basically like any project, everything starts to blow up in scope. It always gets bigger <laughs> than it was, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is I don't know. It's it's fun. It's kind of part of the process, I guess. Um, but like pretty early on, we some kind of cool things happened. Like we had um, some investors who, you know, they're they're kind of just. I think they mostly invest in Web2 stuff. They just wanted to kind of put, kind of dive into Web3 a little bit. And so how they decided to do that was give out grants to different people that were creating cool stuff. And um, I got in contact with them and they looked at what we were doing and like, okay, this is cool. And so they gave us like a little grant to work on what we're doing. So that was like one thing, like kind of first step to like this just becoming a little bigger, right? Um, and so we kept on working on it. Um, <clears throat> me and uh, Ben and Drew were working on it, and uh, my my buddies. And yeah, it just things took longer than expected. And so I guess that's I mean that's the other reason I feel like I haven't been able to push on Potion as much is mm-hmm. the last at least couple weeks I've probably been spending half my time on City Clash, where when it started out it was going to be like, you know, I'll spend one day a week working on City Clash. The rest of the time I'll spend on Potion. But it's just kind of grown a little bit. And then as we start to see like the momentum of like, oh, I think like, I think we can maybe make this happen. Um, Then it's, you know, you then put more investment into it. And so that's kind of what's happened a little bit um, where now it's gotten to this point. And this is kind of the the decision that I was talking about on Twitter where there's, it's almost hard to understand because this is all Web3 stuff. There's like this whole like ecosystem. It's almost, you can almost think of it like an investor a little bit, but it's it's really like an ecosystem where the, we would partner with them. They would basically let us 
launch into their ecosystem. And and when if we did that, it's kind of like a for sure thing that like we'd mint out the project, that it would do well, just because we kind of have them as like our partners. Uh, it's kind of big in this um, NFT kind of game five Web3 space. Um, and so, yeah, we, we're kind of just that that was kind of the decision like should we go down this road if we do this then this project kind of automatically is going to become like a more long-term thing like like they're not these partners aren't just going to want us to be like oh yeah launch it and then just walk away you know like it's more of like they want us to continue making this a viable project continue to add value to the holders of the project um and so basically like yet again it's like getting bigger and um you know, there'd be more that we do with it um, down the road and it would take more of my time. And so, yeah, it's kind of a decision of like, is that the road like we want to go down? Do we want to pursue that? Um, and just thinking through that, because it would, it would kind of more so put me into this like Web3 world that's a lot of new stuff, which is fun and exciting, which I like. But the other thing I've kind of noticed a little bit is it, it does feel like it takes me a little bit away from the just like simple, like laid back, like SaaS kind of business where, and, and in some ways that's why I got into indie hacking in the first place is like, okay, you can make a business that you can run with a small team just by yourself if you want. And it just, it compounds and just grows slowly over time, you know? And it's something that you can kind of, <clears throat> If you get it to a good spot, you could even kind of make it more of a passive thing if you really want to. Um, you know, it's kind of more of the indie hacker kind of dream where it's like you're not like working 24 um, <laughs> 7. But I feel like with Web3, just because things move so fast, like it, it feels like it's getting more into like a normal startup kind of territory where it's like you kind of be have to be kind of up on your game a little bit more to like what's going on in the market. Um, what, what things are changing. There's more maybe um, just like challenges because it's so new and there's new stuff going on and you're making decisions for the first time that you don't have a ton of people to follow and see what they did in the past. <clears throat> so I don't know. It's just a little bit different world. And I'm, I mean, I really like it, but it's like, am I getting myself into more than I really wanted to i guess it's kind of the thing i've been thinking through and just just trying to be careful with this as i kind of go down this road um so that's that's kind of the backstory of, of what's going on it. with that it sounds like you've got um just you're drinking the with the web 3 kool-aid man it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like that's a good it's a good first taste for you um so i have a, yeah. I have a follow-up on that so okay. you know as you think about these decisions what are the major trade-offs you see uh, from kind of continuing on the path you're on now versus going, let's just say, all in on Web3? What are the tra trade-offs you see from not only a time perspective, but also um, just like an enjoyment perspective, like what actually makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. There's maybe a couple of things um, that I could try to dig into. I'm kind of thinking through it as as I talk to. Um, one of the things I've noticed is there's this kind of weird um, like split, and you've probably seen it on like Twitter and stuff, where there's a lot of people that don't like this Web3 stuff. They don't like the NFT stuff. And I've found that a lot of that actually comes from like tech people that are like bootstrappers, kind of in like our like 
circle that I was definitely a part of before. And that's been a little weird on Twitter because I feel like I can't share about it. Like I like sharing what I'm working on and stuff and building in public. And I kind of feel like I can't talk about it because a lot of people like are annoyed by it, you know? So like, that's been a little weird just because, you know, my personality, like I, I, I like to be like a people pleaser and it's something I have to be careful of too, because I can get too much into that. But I've definitely felt that where that can kind of push me to like a, a way where it's like, um, oh man, people don't, not everyone likes this and that they won't like if I talk about it. So then I, I probably just don't talk as much. So I haven't been doing as much on Twitter the last couple months kind of because of this, um, just because I, I probably care too much what other people think. Um, so that's like one part of it, um, that in some ways maybe I wouldn't enjoy as much. Like I'd basically be going into a different sphere. There's a completely different kind of crowd of people that are into the web three stuff than kind of what I've been investing into, um, with my, um, kind of my personal, um, career and Twitter account and stuff like that, like the last couple of years with the bootstrapping stuff. So in some ways it'd be starting over a little bit with some of that kind of stuff. Um, so that's kind of some of the trade-offs. Um, <clears throat> let's see, I mean, definitely kind of what we talked about with, um, or I was mentioning with like, it just takes kind of more time. So like a big part of Web3 is um, Discord and Discord communities. Mm-hmm. And especially right now, like I felt this where it's like when you're trying to get a community around what you're building off the ground, it's like, I feel like I have to be there like 24 seven. Like if someone's like chatting in discord, asking questions, like we want to be there to be like, all right, we're, this community's active. We're answering people. We're trying to make it fun. Um, and I've enjoyed that. But then there's that downside of like, oh, it's like late at night and I feel like I need to like be on there or like reply to somebody. Um, And so, you know, that's not as, it's invading more of my time, I guess, because of that. Like a lot of people in the Web3 NFT kind of space, like I don't know what their their schedule is. It seems like they're like sleeping during the day and awake at night or something, (laughs) but it's very opposite of, uh, you know, just kind of normal yeah, especially people that have families and stuff. Um, yeah, so there's definitely been a bit of that where it's kind of taken over my time a little bit and that's there's some negative to that. Um, so that's definitely a trade-off. I think some of that hopefully, like one, once we kind of get things up and running, hopefully we, I won't have to feel like I have to do that as much. Um, but also like maybe it could get to the point where we like hire someone to kind of be in charge of that, like a community manager kind of thing. Um, and so maybe that could take some of that off my plate too. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns with all of that. So who knows kind of what will happen with some of those things. Um, yeah, th- those are some of the trade-offs. Um, let's see, you said trade-offs with enjoyment. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I enjoy kind of all this stuff just cause I enjoy learning. There's so much to learn in the, the web three space. And that's, I think one of the reasons I've been really drawn to it just cause there's a lot to learn. It's fun to learn it. And there's, so, uh, there is a lot of th- new things happening. So there's just a lot to figure out. And so I've really enjoyed that kind of part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think those are probably some of the main trade-offs. Yeah, that's wild, man. It sounds like, you know, from your perspective, it sounds like there's these two diverging worlds, completely different. Uh, both have their pros and cons, but something that would be 
fun. It sounds like the the Web3 actually has more potential for fun, but also more potential to kind of take over more of your life than you'd want it to. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other side of it sounds a little less fun, but also kind of fits more along the lines of a family life sound. So it's kind of figuring right. out like, where is that, you know, how does that uh, work and what actually makes a lot of sense given where you're at and how old your kids are and this and that. So yeah, it's a tough right, one. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but at the same time, I, and, and yeah, maybe kind of what you're alluding to is like finding some like good middle ground. And um, <clears throat> I have found where maybe like just through building this project, I found there's a lot, there's a lot of holes. Like there's a lot of problems, things that aren't yet solved for in the web three space. And so I have, that has helped me like being in this space and building it has helped me find some like potential things that I could do. Like, so like I have a, an idea or two for like, basically like a SaaS that's in the web three space. And I think those maybe could be good opportunities because it's maybe a little more untouched. Um, it's still kind of in that new space. Um, and there wouldn't be tons of competitors and stuff, but you know, it'd still be a SaaS where maybe I, it could be a little bit more relaxed kind of towards what I, I've been talking about and, and been doing more with Potion and kind of that world, but then kind of getting to be a part of the the new stuff that's coming out with all this Web3 and things that I've learned from that. So maybe there's some middle ground that I can go towards with something like that that could be a good spot. That's what I feel like everybody's looking for a little bit. Or not everybody. Like some people obviously love the, the extremes. Um, but what's interesting to me is... It's like typically in the bootstrap SaaS community and stuff, it's these stable, steady, um, you know, that's the goal, the lifestyle business, which is, can be a great lifestyle. But then it's like, well, what do you do if that really takes off? You know, in the case of somebody like Veed or something like that, and they actually mm -hmm. raise money, what happens when it goes beyond that level of ambition? Do you just continue with that? And so, Similarly, in your position, it's not the same thing because it's not potion, but it's like this other thing. Well, it's like, well, what if, what if this other thing actually just takes off? Am I prepared to like kind of go the distance for with that? And what's the ultimate goal? So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, is the ultimate goal just to make a ton of money? Is the ultimate goal to, um, you know, just cash out and then whatever, then do the simple stuff or the the more chill stuff? And so those questions are so hard to wrestle with because it's impossible to forecast exactly how you're going to feel about it. But it's like, it can be intoxicating when you're in a situation where you feel like, oh, I'm learning something new every day. Like there's, uh, there's an amazing opportunities. Like there's, this could be a billion dollar thing, whatever it is, right? Like mm -hmm. it can be so intoxicating to get in that mindset. And then just, uh, it's hard to put, pump the brakes and be like, wait, well, why am I doing this? Like, what's the point? Oh, it's because right. I want to be a good dad and I want to like be a present and like, it's all these things that like you maybe started off as, as your core values, but you just kind of get swept into it and you're like, I don't know, like this is a great opportunity. I got to take it, you know, and right, um, right. I've experienced this myself. And so, yeah, it's a tough thing for sure. Right. And, and it's like, you may even start with like a niche or something that feels like, okay, this is just going to be small. Like this is going to be yep. like a small business that's hopefully like profitable and good, but you always, you kind of always get pulled really by your customers where it's like, oh, they need this. Oh, this would be valuable. And you kind of start going in those directions because people need it and want it or whatever. 
and then you kind of just end up at this space where what you built is like a lot bigger, a lot more complex. Um, and, and probably, yeah, like maybe there's, it's, it's going down a bigger opportunity or something, but it, 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 it does feel like you always get pulled towards bigger, better, uh, taking more effort, more time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like ultimately like long-term, like I'd want to find e- either one or just like two, a couple like small like businesses that feel like they're the amount of um, return on the time investment is like really good. Um, <laughs> obviously that's probably something hard to find. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, that's, yeah, that's probably what a lot of like indie hackers, SaaS kind of people are, are looking for um, is, you know, a business that doesn't take a ton of time to, to, to build and to create, but it's really valuable. So people are willing to pay a good amount for it and it's still worth it for your customers on that side. I mean, I think that's kind of like the, that's like kind of the ultimate um, business that people are trying to find. Um, yeah, I think but there's, is, there's a lot of good value. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good value to that, to being able to, you know, have time to spend with your family, do other things that are important. And so I think that's why, like, maybe I, I that's kind of the business I would look for and, and other people are, are thinking about, which I think, I think there's some good qualities to that. I think you're right. I think the hard part is there is always going to be a draw for something that's like this, that feels like Web3, that feels like there's always going to be this pull for somebody like you who's talented, who can build things, who can do things where it's like, whoa, there's a shiny object here. And Web3 is not mm-hmm. a never ending shiny object. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, I think that's what's really hard is once you get into a position where let's just say today, Noah, potion is crushing 20 30k mrr and you're you have nothing else to do you're going to want to fill that time with something meaningful outside of just hanging with your family here and like right like you're going to want to work on something mm-hmm. and so that's where these projects like uh the nft project get interesting these other things and it's like those can take out like those can kind of become way more consuming than you would imagine them to be initially so I've talked yeah. to a lot of people who kind of end up in that spot where inevitably they're like, well, no, I just want to do really good work. I want to work hard. I want to find something that, you know, is meaningful because they've already made enough money or they have some passive streams of, of income. And then that finding that next piece uh, and is actually really difficult as well as like keeping that next piece in somewhat of check. Like, wait, I tried to get my life to a place where I didn't have to do all this stuff. And now I'm doing all this stuff. Like what, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, <laughs> it's easy to get to that point is all I'm saying, because it's so, it's so exciting to be involved in something that's growing. It's so fun to be in, involved in something where you're learning every day and people are excited and it's like, that's right. intoxicating. It's hard to say no to. And so, right. That I don't know. Sense. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so what do you, yeah, what is your approach to that? Like, what do you do with that? So it doesn't, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is some of that is like, which, which I, yeah, I agree with is like, some of that's like good, like that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's like, how do you not let that just take you down a path that you really weren't, wasn't your goal and wasn't what you were trying to do? Like, how do you, yeah, how do you stop that from happening? I mean, so for me, I I think work is fundamentally like a good thing and like to work hard on something is a great value. I think that balancing that with people and enjoyment of 
uh, friends and family is also super high value for me. And so as long as those things aren't conflicting with each other, I feel like I'm in a good space. I don't feel like I'm in a good place where I'm not working and I'm not contributing and I'm not, you know, building something. I, I never feel good in that space. And mm -hmm. I become a worse father, a worse friend, a worse person to be around because if I don't, if I'm not chipping away at something, I actually don't feel, um, I don't feel good. Like I don't, you know, so yep. I, I don't know if there's ever really like a true balance. I think it's just figuring out what makes, uh, what makes you tick, what, what you really value and, um, trying to prioritize those things. It's really difficult in situations where you are working with multiple partners to all get on the same page at the exact same time, all the time. That is very mm -hmm. difficult to do. Um, and so for me, it's thinking carefully about partnerships. For me, it's thinking about carefully about the types of projects they are, right? So SAS inherently is very hands-on uh, for a majority of it. Um, if you want to continue growing and building it, it's like it takes a lot of iteration. Um, so it's trying to think through those things too ahead of time, like knowing web three, like a little bit, I, I would say for me, like that's probably just a pass because I don't want to be consumed. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to get, you know, sucked into the vortex and yep. <laughs> I, I would, I would so, I mean, a part of me does want to be sucked into the vortex in that I love working on fun stuff that's interesting and hard and, but, um, but knowing like I kind of have to put some protections in my, in place for myself. So I don't, become a, a bad uh, dad friend, uh, you know, don't become totally yeah. unbalanced. So that's just my take on it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. The, the other thing that makes me think of a characteristic of the web three stuff and, and kind of like what I, I'm kind of walking into with city clash is it's kind of, and it's definitely the first time I've been in a situation like this where you kind of do have like, investors like people that own mm -hmm. your stock basically people that basically own your nft or your if it's like a token or something like that like you do kind of answer to them at least you feel like it like there is pressure there it's like you 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 want to do well for these people that have kind of bought into what you're doing and your vision and there's i think yeah i just think there's a lot more pressure there than than me building a SaaS by myself where i can like decide whatever i want to do <laughs> <laughs> um, that, you know, I think that pressure is probably what would, you know, just make you, I mean, in some ways it'd be some good pressure. It'd motivate you to do a good job and stuff like that, but it, it could also just take you more into it to where it's all you think about or, you know, things like that. Um, and so that's definitely something to be careful of. Um, yeah, so yeah there's, anecdotally, there's kind of that part of it. anecdotally, I'll just share this is that, you know, I kind of joined on with a, uh, early stage, it was kind of in the crypto space uh, startup. Uh, what was this about a year ago now? And um, I was all in. I was like drinking the Kool Aid. I was. I thought we were going to be the next billion dollar thing. And <laughs> to kind of to kind of take a step back from that after going through that experience and realizing like, um, like getting out of that particular scenario was actually the best thing for me. That was probably the one of the best things that ever happened to me. Even though in the moment I couldn't see it, like I was just obsessed. And, um, so for me, I, I, I actually had to go through somewhat of a painful process of losing that to like, realize like, no, that that's not for me. Actually. Um, mm -hmm. I do love growth. I do love, um, working hard on things and building and creating and all that stuff. 
Um, and in that particular circumstance, especially with the partners I had, it was not going to, it wasn't going to be a good thing for me, uh, emotionally, mentally, everything, yeah. you know, for, for the foreseeable future. And so I think I got sucked into the idea of this could be massive. This could be uh, world changing, or I don't even know, right? Like you kind of get sucked into whatever the narrative is that sounds like it's going to be way bigger than what you're working on currently. And that's kind of the definition of drinking the Kool-Aid. And so I I think that was interesting for me to experience because I I didn't really get that before. Like I didn't understand how people could just feel that way about something. But yeah, yeah. anyways, I'm glad I'm out of that now. And I'm so happy Mm -hmm. where I'm at with Quiet Light and um, even just hacking away on these little things. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know, man. I know we've gone to and fro here. So like, and you know, feel free to change directions or, or, or call it quits. Let me know what you want to do. But, um, yeah. 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 I was just, I was just thinking at, yeah, just like two or other thoughts that that made me think of. Thankfully, like what we're doing with like this NFT project, some of the web three ideas I'm thinking, they're not like startup, like huge growth kind of things, even mm. though it's like in that space, it's not like this would become a billion dollar company or anything like that. Um, which I, yeah, I definitely don't want to go in that direction. Um, so that's good at least. And then the other thing you were making me think about, which, you know, just like having partners, like you said, I, I, it does make me like, I, I think that's what I really like about just being like a solo founder. Like there's so much flexibility to it to where like, like, I think that we go personally, like we go through like cycles of like, um, being into the building and, and what we're doing in our business to like, all right, I'm going to like, for whatever reason, like I'm feeling like I need to relax more, take hands off. I can just like focus more on relationships. And I think those cycles are just, those can be good. And and when you're a solo founder, you can just kind of lean into that to like, okay, mm-hmm. what makes sense right now? Where it's like when you have partners and fa- uh, co-founders to answer to, it's like, you're kind of, you, you can't really do that as much. Um, no. So I, I do really like that freedom of of a solo founder that that gives. Obviously, there's trade-offs, downsides of like, you probably can't do as much. You can't be as ambitious. You can't do certain kinds of things because you have, you know, it's just you or, you know, you have less resources. Um, of course. But those, yeah, those are some interesting trade-offs to, to think through that you kind of mentioned as well. Yeah, that's a tough one. But for me, I know for, yeah, just where I'm at in my life and kind of what you're saying along the lines of being able to choose those things and not have to answer, I would rather go, I'd rather kind of like go on it alone at this point. Um, you know, just knowing that, knowing that those kinds of cycles are going to be different for each person, like they're going to feel differently about the business at any given point. And that can be really difficult to, to navigate. Um, but yeah, man, dude, this has been a great catch up. We've been going here solid no, yeah, for, was it been 50 minutes? Yeah, 55 minutes. Yeah, this is good. It's good. I hope, uh, I hope people aren't uh, too bored at this point, but no. It's no, been I, think, great I think people really like this. I think people like this because it's kind of like the, the metagame, like the, the, the decisions and things that people really should be thinking about kind of behind just the, the business stuff. Um, and I think do pe- people do think about these things like they're they are thinking through these things and it's it's probably helpful to hear you know someone like you has gone through a lot of this with your entrepreneur journey just talk about it so yeah this is, this is cool cool man all, all right, right so. well 
yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll end the, the podcast here and uh, thanks everyone for listening um, you can check out John Hainstock I'll have his uh, links to what he's up to in the show notes and uh, we'll see you in another episode see you guys <laughs>